Exodus chapter 33. It says this, Then Moses said to him, him being God, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? I love that, that, that section. If your presence does not go with us, I don't want to move. So this morning, briefly, within the next 60, 90 minutes, I want to talk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chill. Some of y'all are like, we're going now. <laughs> I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, an appetite for his presence. An appetite for his presence. Let's pray one more time and we'll get started. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for what you're already doing in this place. Holy Spirit, we recognize you as our guest of honor this morning. And we just ask that you would do what only you can do. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone. Say it. Amen. 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 So... I love having people over for dinner. I love it. I love cooking for people. I just, I love the experience. But do you know who doesn't like having people over? My family. My wife and my kids, they hate it. Now, it's not because they don't like people. They love people. They just don't like when we have people over because they know that when people come over, their daddy gets a little crazy. A little neurotic, everybody. Uh, because I don't know how you were raised, but I was raised when you invite someone into your environment, the environment matters. Like what you're inviting people into matters. Some people were raised that way. Some people were. And so uh, when, when, whenever we have people coming over for dinner, man, I just go crazy. I am that person that it has to be perfect. Right, so we make our house smell even better. We use this little powder stuff that you put on your carpet. We light candles that we don't light any other time except for when people Because when you walk in, we want people to be like, we want it to feel good. We clean extra hard. Like we're clean, we, we take extra time on the, on the bathroom. You know, like we're, we're like cleaning around. The, I got three guys in my house, we clean around the toilet. Come on, wives, you should have been like, amen. <laughs> you missed it. It's too late now. It's too late now. Um, and and, and when, when we have people over for dinner, uh, when, I, when I'm like, hey, come over, dinner's at 6, guess what? Dinner's ready at 6 o'clock. Could we just stop inviting people over for dinner at 6 and serving dinner at 8? You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so we, like I take, when we invite people over into our environment, we know that environment matters. And here's why I'm telling you this, because here at Disco, we are hyper-focused about our environment. We are hyper-focused about the environment in which you are in right now. In fact, to be even more specific, we are hyper-focused on an environment that, that creates an atmosphere where people can come and experience Jesus. In fact, in fact, 
uh, that, that is our first core value. Like we are passionate about his presence. We are passionate about, about creating an environment, an atmosphere where people could encounter and experience Jesus. And so on the wall, it says this. It'll be up on the screen. It says, without the presence of God, we are nothing more than an event. Therefore, we will always create a place for people to experience him. Now, if I was to say this in a different way, it would, I would say this. We want to create a place where, where the people have an appetite for his presence. See, because we understand that the church is more than just the building. It's more than just brick and mortar. But, friend, you and you and you and myself, we are the church. And so if we want to create a church environment where people have an appetite for the presence of God, then it starts with you and you and you and me. That we have to have this appetite for the presence of God. Now, when it comes to the presence of God, specifically in Scripture, we, we are seeing two different uh, revelations, if you will, of how God uh, reveals his presence to people. There's two ways. And, and the first way is this, and we've talked about this in the past. Uh, this is nothing new. But, but uh, we, we, we talked about the first way is his omnipresence. His omnipresence. And, and it, it comes from the Latin word omni, meaning all or every. And so, so it's this idea that, that God is everywhere. So he's with you right now. He's with you when you're in the bathroom. He's with you when you're at the club. Like he's with you all the time. In fact, the psalmist writes this in Psalms 139, 8 through 9. Uh, he, he, he writes this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And so what, what the psalmist is articulating here is that God, you are everywhere. Now, here, here's the thing with God's omnipresence is just because he's everywhere all the time, it doesn't mean I always see him or hear him. Now, perhaps the best way that I can illustrate this is by this. I'm going to go over here this time. I turned off the power last time accidentally. So, so God's omnipresence is like this. And so if I'm not talking to you, this is God's omnipresence. Boring, I know. But, but check this out. How many of you know just because you don't see me, just because when I'm not talking, you don't hear me, it doesn't take away the fact that I'm still here. And so this is, that, that, that's God's omnipresence, is that he's everywhere, just sometimes I don't hear him, sometimes I don't see him, but it doesn't mean he's not there. And so we see this, this example of God's presence in Scripture through his omnipresence. But thank God that it's not just his omnipresence, but he also has his manifest presence. And his manifest presence, if, if, I can just, if I can phrase it this way, it's his presence made known. And so, so if omnipresence is, is, is him, is God where, where you can't see him or you can't hear him, 
Manifest presence is him like, I'm here. I'm here, everybody. Party started. Let's go. That's his manifest presence. His manifest presence is when all of a sudden he makes his presence known. He's like, I'm here. I'm here. And we're all like, whoa. We love his manifest presence, don't we? We love knowing God is there. We love his manifest presence. In fact, we see his manifest presence in scripture. One, one, one passage of scripture in Acts chapter 3, there's this cripple guy. Um, and Peter, he's walking, and this cripple guy like tugs on Peter's robe, and, and he's like, hey, can I get some money? Peter said, I don't have any money, but here's what I have for you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he lifts up this cripple guy, and all of a sudden, the guy that was crippled, he can now walk. And what we see in this moment is God's manifest made known his presence. And so in scripture, we see both omnipresence and we see both manifest presence. And here's what I want to propose to you this morning, that you and I, when it comes to having an appetite for God's presence, we have to have an appetite for both his omnipresence and his manifest presence. Like we've we got to have an appetite for, 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 for both. See, and, and here's why it's, it's crucial for you and I to have an appetite for both his omni and his manifest. It's because his omnipresence, it builds faith. See, his omnipresence, it, it builds faith in my life because when I don't see you working, God, I have faith that you're there. His omnipresence builds my faith because, God, when I don't hear you, in faith, I believe you're speaking. And so I need to have an appetite for his omnipresence because it builds something inside of me. But I also got to have an appetite for his, uh, for his manifest presence. Because if his omnipresence builds my faith, his manifest presence stirs my faith. But if I don't begin to build my faith, when he wants to show up, there's nothing for him to stir. So I got to have an appetite for his omnipresence. Build my faith, God. Build my faith. I believe you're working even when I don't see it. I believe you're speaking even when I don't hear it. So that when you want to reveal yourself, I'm ready to start it. And I'm ready to grow in what you have for me. And so we got to create an appetite for both his omnipresence and his manifest presence. Now. If we are honest, uh, we, 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 we would probably tend to be unbalanced in this area. Because for, for a lot of us, or, or maybe just me, like we have an appetite for his manifest presence, but then we neglect an appetite for his omnipresence. And, and the danger with that is when I only have an appetite for God's manifest presence, the moment I don't have the tears, the moment I don't have the quivering, the moment I don't get the goosebumps, the moment someone doesn't pray for me, the moment that I don't get anything when I'm listening to worship, all of a sudden I'm like, God, where are you? You're not here. No, 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 no. He's here. You just built an appetite off of manifest presence. And so... So, so, so when I'm unbalanced, all of a sudden, when I, don't, when I don't feel God or hear God, I begin to question, God, where are you at? You're not here. 
Now, there's a danger, though, too, if I'm just focused on his omnipresence. See, some, some of you here, you just, you're like, yo, I'm cool with just like his omnipresence. I'm cool with just knowing he's everywhere. The only problem is that God wants to reveal himself to you every now and again. And so you're cutting yourself short if you're like, hey, God, I don't want you to actually make yourself known in my life. And so I need to have an appetite for both omnipresence and his manifest presence. And when I do that, there's something that shifts in my life. There's something that shifts in the way that I view life and situations and things that I'm going through. So I suppose the, 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 the next question would be how do I create an appetite for God's presence? That would be the natural step in, in, our, in, our, in our talk this morning. Like, what, God, what, what do I have to do in order to get an appetite for both your omnipresence and your manifest presence? And so today I'm super excited because I've never done this before. But uh, I have four friends in Santa Rosa who pastored different churches. And I reached out to them. I was like, hey, guys, so I'm talking about God's presence. And, and, uh, how do, how, and so I asked them, how do you... Uh, how do you gain a, a, um, an appetite for God's presence? And then they were telling me, and I said, like, oh, that's amazing. Hey, will you be willing to record yourself and send it so we can watch it as a church? And they're like, yeah, I guess. So, so guys, it's so cool. So I have two. Uh, we showed two of my friends earlier today. I got two friends today uh, that are going to give their, their way that they build up um, an appetite for, for God's presence. And so the first one is going to be my friend Darren. He's the pastor at New Vintage Church. And then the other one is going to be my friend Chadwick, who's the pastor at the Promise Center. Um, I will say this, Darren, uh, the first one, he put music to it. So I don't know why he did that. Uh, so Darren, thank you for ruining it. But um, <laughs> but I, just, I want you to lean in and then we're going to end. And it's going to be phenomenal. And I promise you're, you're going to love it. So let, let's, let's check this out. Hey, what's up, Discovery Church? My name's Darren. I'm the pastor at New Vintage Church and uh, honored to be with you this morning. John asked several of us if we would write the message for him this morning. He just said, hey, guys, I'm not feeling it. I'm not getting anything. You guys just do it for me. So I uh, hope this works, John. I know you just called me about five minutes ago. This is the best I could do in that amount of time. But hey, man, uh, in all seriousness, so grateful for what you and your church are doing. Um, in Roner Park and in Sonoma County. Glad to be serving together. The question he asked me to answer was, how do you create an appetite for God's presence in your life? And the first thought I had wasn't a good one. The first thought I had was, well, my appetite for the presence of God in my life really shoots up when I, when I screw up my life, when I make decisions and I make choices that, that tank my life. In those moments, I often feel my deep need for God and, and I really crave his presence, but I don't think that's the most efficient way to, um, to feel your need for God's presence. I think a better way and one that I've seen over the years is, is that I take spiritual risks. When I take spiritual risks, when I say, I'm gonna invite that friend, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go pray for that person, I'm gonna share my faith with this individual, I'm gonna put a list together of people I'm gonna be praying for, and I'm gonna ask God to give me opportunities to step into, uh, that's when I feel like I need God the most, when I really want His presence, is when I'm stepping into something that's spiritually risky. It was Paul who wrote, he wrote something along the lines of, God, I, I ask that you would give me the opportunities to speak, I ask that you would give me the words to say, 
and I ask that you give me the courage to say them. And so if you want to experience the presence of God, or if you want to feel your need for the presence of God, I would encourage you, I would challenge you, take spiritual risks. Begin to pray for somebody. Uh, begin to um, ask God to give you the courage to speak to a neighbor. Uh, invite somebody to church. Invest in someone. Uh, begin praying for someone who doesn't know God. And then step out of your comfort zone. And when you do, you're going to have this feeling of, God, you got to come with me. When you take risks, spiritual risks, kingdom-minded risks, uh, your, your heart, your mind, your soul is going to crave the presence of God to stand beside you in those moments. I hope that's helpful. I hope it's encouraging to you. And I hope you take some risks and create an appetite for the presence of God when you do. What's up, Discovery? Chadwick King here from Promise Center. We love you guys so much. We love your leadership. We love your church. And we love your pastor. So proud of what God's doing in you and through you in the community. And we're so blessed to be anchored and connected with you guys. So honored that Pastor John asked me and I guess a few other pastors to speak into a subject that he's tackling today, which is spiritual appetite and craving. So, man, I was thinking about this this week when he, when he mentioned this. I was excited about the subject. I was excited about the challenge of thinking, what will it take to, to rebirth, to reignite a hunger and thirst for the things of God, right? And so I started thinking about our natural body, how... We don't have to try to have a hunger or thirst for food and water and the elements and minerals and vitamins that we naturally need, right? Our body craves those things. And so we respond to those cravings by consuming hopefully the right things. But what do we do with our soul? Our soul naturally hungers and thirsts after the things of God. In fact, it's only God who can fill the whole in your soul. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He said, if you drink from this well, you'll thirst, but if you drink from the living water, you'll never thirst again. There's, there's, a, there's a craving and a thirst in your soul. So why isn't it there? Why don't we feel that passion, that hunger, that thirst? And a lot of times our spiritual appetite isn't there because it's suppressed because we're consuming things that aren't feeding the soul. We're consuming the world. We're being entertained. We're on social media. We're just downloading tons of information and news and running and staying busy. And what ends up happening is we go, why don't I have a spiritual craving? Why don't I read the Bible and get excited anymore? It's because we've taken these artificial things of this world and we've suppressed the spiritual hunger and thirst that's naturally in our soul. So what do we do? Here's what the Bible teaches, that we're to fast, that we're to say no to something that we like. So we can say yes to something we like more. We say no so we can say yes. We push away the food. We push away the entertainment. We push things away so we can draw close to God. And all of a sudden, you start praying and you feel his power. All of a sudden, you're reading his word and, and, and you love it. And you're, you, can't get, uh, you can't get enough of it. There's this insatiable appetite for more and more and more. Where did it come from? It was always there. It was just being suppressed by these artificial things of this world, the busyness of life, uh, the cares of life entertainment, uh, passion for carnal things. But if we say no to those things, I'm telling you, there's a hunger and thirst inside of your heart that desires the things of God. And if you'll let that cry be your passion, be the vehicle that draws you close to God, there's a place in God that you're going to find that's going to, that you're going to hewn out and dig out a, a new, deeper, more fresh relationship with God because you're listening to the heart and the soul that God put in you, that hunger and that thirst that's going to draw you even near. If you, he said this, if, you, if you'll seek him with all your heart, you will find him. So discovery, we're going to say no to the things we don't need. 
so we can say yes to the things we need more. Love you guys. Awesome. Thank you to my friends. We have the band come up. We're going to land this ship uh, this morning. So, how do I create an appetite for the presence of God? If I was to give you something, I would say this. It's to create an awareness God, you are there in an acknowledgement, an awareness, in an acknowledgement. God, you are here. I may not feel you. I may not see you. But God, you are here. And so, in our story that we read in Exodus chapter 33, y'all thought I forgot about that. In Exodus chapter 33, a little backdrop of what's taken place is God just freed Israel from Egypt. And he appointed this guy Moses to lead the people. And what we read in Exodus chapter 33 is, is a Moses, he, he's a little overwhelmed a little stressed out. Have you, have you ever been overwhelmed or stressed out? Yeah. He, he's a little overwhelmed, a little stressed out. He's like, God, you want me to lead these people that don't even listen to you? What are you asked? Like, why? I'm stressed and I'm overwhelmed and the situation just seems so impossible. And what I, what I love about this passage is that in the midst of Moses overwhelmed, in the midst of Moses, just like, just, just like, just feeling the weight of the world, the weight of his circumstances. I love it how Moses, when he's overwhelmed, he doesn't reach for his vape pen. When he's stressed out, he doesn't reach for his jack and coat. When he's stressed out, he don't reach for that hookup. When he's stressed and he's overwhelmed and he doesn't know what to do, he says, God, I just want your presence. I need your presence. He says, if I don't have your presence leading me, not that I can't do something, I don't want to do anything.
So last night, uh, we, we were, uh, we, we, my kids were arguing in the car, and uh, then uh, my, one of my kids was arguing with my wife, and then I started arguing with my, you know how that is. You know, like, I'm like, I got your back, babe. You remember that <laughs> tonight? Um, <laughs> some of y'all just got me. So, 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 so we're, we're, they're, they're arguing, right? And then we get into the house. And I have my wife's back this whole time. Like, her, like seriously, I have her back. And then my kid says something. And, uh, and all of a sudden, man, my wife friendly fires. On uh, I me. Mean, and I lose it. Lose it. Now, I, I don't say this to, like, pat myself on the back, but my wife and I, we never, we never fight. We just stuff, you know, like, so I don't like arguing, you know? and, and so, so like, we never do, right, like, and, but like, I don't know, it's like, the devil knew I was talking about his presence today, and so he's like, you need an illustration, John, so, um, so like, we just, like, my, like, my wife friendly fires, and then like, for some reason, I'm like, I just, I don't know, something came over me, and I just wanted to pick a fight, and so her and I, like, we just start yelling, at each other. I know, I know, chill. Like we're yelling at each other. And my kids, my kids aren't used to this. So then like some of my kids, they start crying. And they're like, guys, stop, stop. And I'm, I'm like, guys, this is like really nothing. <laughs> but it's something to them. And, and so we're, we're yelling and, and my kids are, are trying. They're like, stop, stop. And one of them's just like, dad, stop yelling. And it's just, it's bad, okay? They're crying. And uh, and then I leave. I leave I leave the room. I'm like, whatever, like, I'm gonna calm down. And so I'm trying to I'm si- I sit down on, on our little loofah or loofah? Little couch thing. I don't know Futon, thank you. Yeah. And I'm sitting down and like I'm like, you know like when you just get in an argument, everybody, and like you're just like you're so angry? And you like, like, I calm down. So I like, I go to my Bible app, and I'm like trying to read my Bible app, and it's like not working really. And uh, here's why I'm telling you this: I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on, on, on my, on my um, futon, and I just begin telling myself, John, you're a horrible person. John, you just failed your kids. John, you just, your wife will never look at you the same now. And like, yo, the enemy was eating me up. Moses stressed out. God, I don't want anything else. I just want your presence. And so here I am. I'm sitting on the futon. Horrible dad, horrible husband, you know, my oldest, he, he's been, don't tell him I said this, I don't know if he's in here. he was crying, he comes over to me, he's like, dad, I love you, and then he says this, he says, dad, can, can we pray?
he's sitting next to me, I'm like, but would you mind praying for me? He said, sure. He just starts praying for me. And he just starts speaking to things. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like sobbing like I'm a mess, you know? But do you know what happened in that moment? Set of my perspective shifted. In that moment, I began to see a little bit of hope. Why? Because I don't need anything else but the presence of God. And in that moment, my son, when I didn't remember, when I didn't feel it, my son said, hey, life sucks now. Let's pray. Let's recognize, acknowledge the presence of God. He's building my faith. He's filling me up. 